Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I am like, I want to explain this. I'm, I'm just disgusted by something. I'm very, very sick by something, okay? And I know you got a Cinco de five zero. We'll get to it. I'm sick because Pete Alonzo, and we're on SNY, so I'll credit SNY because SNY had it. Pete Alonzo is doing an interview. It was just sent to me on SNY in which he's talking about City Field and he's talking about opening day. And we'll play it for you after the Cinco. This guy wants to be a Met so freaking badly. That I delete everything he said and any concerning thing you heard from him mm. about the contract and you don't know the future. Because here was Pete on SNY, and I don't even know the show. I want to give them their proper plug, so ask them when we play the uh, audio right after Sean Cinco. Where Pete is talking from the heart about his love for us, for all of us. And that is why it will be so sickening if this man is not a Met. We'll get to that in a second, plus more of your calls, but it is five. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere, and by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. All right, today is a big day for anniversaries. It's the anniversary of Carmelo getting traded to the Knicks. Is that true today? That absolutely is. How about that? It is also the 44th anniversary of The Miracle on Ice, continuing by, a big By the way, oh. if Lugie won a big show decision, unlike Sean, Today would have been Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been. He's not going to get a day. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be. He's going to be celebrated. I know. I know. So I did hear Evander and Cinco yesterday say I have a big flaw and not con- you know including long history, but I don't uh-huh. care. So I'm going to give you the five greatest miracle wins of the last thirty years. Okay. In sports, All right? Here we go. Here we go. Number five. Y.E. Yang over Tiger Woods at the 2009 PGA Championship. Does anybody even remember that? <laughs> it's a great question, Tiki. We should if you care about golf. Tiger was 14 for 14 when leading after three rounds and a major in his career. But on this day, a guy with one career win beat him by three shots. I don't think we've heard of Y.E. Yang since. Mm. And Tiger's career was really never the same on or off. Mm. Strokes, mm. by the way. Yeah. And, strokes? Three strokes. What'd I say? Three shots. Sh- oh, whatever. It's strokes. That's <laughs> why it's five. Four. <laughs> 
Last year's NHL first round, the historically great Bruins, the best team in hockey, blew a 3-1 series lead in the first round of the Florida freaking Panthers. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. Let me tell you, I know this may sound crazy. My sister, my brother-in-law, my nephew live in Fort Lauderdale, okay? Okay. I was never a diehard hockey fan. My sister wasn't a diehard hockey fan. My nephew, who is seven years old, is a diehard Florida Panther fan. He got cat scratch fever. Obsessed with hockey, plays it all the time. My brother-in-law got season tickets, so trust me, I was well aware of that series because I get texts all the time. Not, why aren't you talking about hockey on the fan? Why aren't you talking about the Panthers on the fan? (laughs) Jeez. Imagine that meeting. What was the rating of that game? Uh, The rating? Of game seven? Not high. Number three. Uh, The 2000 World Series. The sputtering 87-win Yankees met the 94-win Mets in a series Benny Agbayani predicted the Mets would win in five. Somehow, the underdog Yankees disposed of the Mets in a mere five games. Underdog Yankees, my 87 wins. Very tough to win a World Series. I know they won 87, 15 out of their last 17, and they sucked. They were the dynastic New York Yankees. Oh, but they were playing a 94-win Mets team. And and the Mets thought they were in a series of five games. At least it's not number one. Yeah, the Yankees only win a series of five games. It's crazy. Biggest biggest mistake Benny Agbayani made was when he went on the Howard Stern show and said, we're going to beat the Yankees in five. I'm like, shut up. Number two. Benny wishes he got the call for the Howard Stern show today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number two, actually. He just played it. I thought you said number five. All right, Super Bowl 42. The Giants defeat the 18-0 New England Patriots. Most stunning Super Bowl upset of all time that I would not have liked to know the outcome. Surprising. That's not number one. I was going to say the same thing. No, number one's easy. Number one. UMBC over Virginia. Wahoo what, Tiki? The first time a 16 knocked out a one in the NCAA tournament. Still mesmerizing to stay, Tiki, Virginia. Wow. You know what happened after that? Virginia won the next year. Thank yeah. You. But that, the, the, it's upsets, not bounce back. You know right. what, though? It does change things because I always look at the Red Sox in 03 very similarly where that Aaron Boone game doesn't scar Red Sox fans that much because a year later they beat the Yankees right. after being down 3-0 yeah. and won the World Series. It almost erases it. We did you a favor, UMBC. Now everybody knows you, but we won the title. You right. made him famous, as some may say. We made him famous. Right. Nobody even famous. remembers that, uh, famous. that the Dick beat Purdue after that, too. Mm. 16 over 1. Fairly Dickens? Oh, oh that's yeah, right. that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Exactly. I forgot to. <laughs> All right, that's Cinco Day 5. We'll do your right. thing with Alonso. Thank, Thank you, sure. Right? Thank you, sure. Yes, I know. There was a long time where no 16 ever beat a one seed, but we'll always remember our first, won't we? So let me give them their proper plug. Tonight, you know, we're obviously on SNY until 6 o'clock. They got the baseball night in New York. They also have Mets Hot Stove. But by the way, as I, as I compliment SNY, can I give you just a little tiny critique? Hmm. Hot Stove? It's spring training. Like, we have to flip the script. It's it's the spring training show. So I don't know if they haven't changed the graphics yet. Maybe they do that next week. Maybe they're waiting for the first game on Saturday. But I don't like hot stove. Because hot stove means January. Hot stove Whoa. means December. Isn't hot stove all the moves that could potentially be made? That is true. Right. That and there true. are a lot of moves, according to you, that are still to be made. Yeah, not by the Mets, but yes, there could be moves made. <laughs> but there's baseball moves to be made. That is true. So tonight, agents sitting out there. You're right. I still don't like hot stove because when spring training starts, it's spring training. Mm-hmm. But tonight on Mets Hot Stove, they have an interview with Pete Alonso. Okay? Mm, he could get traded. What? <laughs> you know what? I'm getting sick of you now. He, he could get traded. What? What's the point of you bringing that up saying, right now? It's hot stove. He's not getting traded. Especially with the Sang injury. We've got business right. decisions to make. Stop it. The Mets are punting so, without a punter. They're not punting. <laughs> Don't start. See, now you guys are trying to radicalize me yeah, on a bunch of different things. Really I'm trying are. to stay focused on Pete Alonso here. They're just triggering. Hit yeah, the switches. You're, you're triggering me all <laughs> over the place. What are you doing? 
So Pete Alonso is going to be on tonight's edition of Mets Hot Stove at 6.30. Now, Lugie's upset because that means if you're watching Mets Hot Stove, you're not listening to the Lugie Hour mm. at 6.30. Just here's... talk about this yeah. in the Lugie Hour. Right. And people will listen to you. I love it. Or just rewind on the Odyssey app during the Nets game because you may not want to listen to my Brooklyn Nets play. <laughs> they definitely don't. And listen to Lugie that way. So Pete Alonso is going to be on Mets Hot Stove tonight at 6.30. And here is a clip of this interview. And this pumps me up so much. In fact, you know what I'm going to do right now? Mm. This interview pumps me up so much. I'm taking it out. This is my razor. I have an electric razor that I keep under my seat at all times because yes. you never know. As a po- as an addition, there is an actual razor. I got both. Sitting in the WFAN helmet. That's right because you never know when Pete Alonso is going to extend. Listen to Pete Alonso talking about how excited he is for his first real opening day at City Field with fans, and then tell me he doesn't want to be a Met. This is my first opening day at City Field with fans in the stands, and I am, I'm juiced. <laughs> I'm juiced. Like, uh, I, it's, I mean, it's weird because, I mean, I blink twice, and I'm, I'm six years in, and it's, how about it's that? I mean, time flies, but. I, I still never had that first game of the season at City Field, and I, I can't be more juiced. Like this is playing at City. It's, I mean, it's it's an electric factory. It's such a great place to play. <sighs> so fun. It's always a great environment every night. It, and uh, I can't wait to experience it with every seat every seat filled um, on opening day. It's I, I, that's something I've been envisioning for a long time. I'm, oh I'm stoked for God. it. How mm. can anyone think that man's going to leave? Do you think that man's going to leave? I don't think he wants to leave. He don't want to leave. Of course he doesn't. Did you hear the emotion in his voice? Of course he did. He's getting ready to cry. He was getting ready to cry. Maybe because oh. he sounded like he was doing that from an electric factory. <laughs> but think about it. Like, he's right. talking about the building. You know what? Why don't you shut your mic off for this segment? Because you're gonna <laughs> all you're going to do is piss me off. Right? You smart-ass comments over there. You know what? The last two days, actually kind of peaceful without you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Kiss you. my fat ass. <laughs> but, for, but, but in all seriousness, shut your effing mic off. I don't want to hear you right now because we're about to get a little motion. Mm. Did you hear the way he was I talking? Did. Look, he sounds like a, a guy who wants to be a career Met, and he's describing it in ways that Met fans can understand, appreciate, and, <sighs> and really just wrap their arms around. Right? The electricity is them. Yes. He's talking to Met fans yes. because that's, he brings it. Yes. And here's the thing. When he's talking about his contract, Pete Alonso's coached. He's coached by Scott Boris. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about every word and how he says it and right. what he says and how it comes out. Yep, we're when, just going to listen. When he's sitting there on Mets Hot Stove with Gary Apple, Todd Zeal, and Jerry Blevins, Pete Alonso is talking real. He's talking real. He's talking from the heart. If the man from Milwaukee doesn't re-sign Pete Alonso, the man from Milwaukee, he should simply go back to Milwaukee. Mm. Like you should leave us alone. Mm. And he claims he's a Met fan. He grew up in Manhattan. I sort of believe it, and he hasn't done it yet. So I'm not mad at him. I'm just issuing a warning. Well, he ha- if you let that man who just talked about the electric factory that was City Field, if you let him leave, then you should leave. The man from Milwaukee. Then you should buy a nice lot of box of cheese. Go back to Milwaukee. We don't want to see you again. So you have to make him into the Met fan that you are now as. And Steve Cohen was. He understands the team as it exists. He wasn't. The problem with, with, with Stearns is that he hasn't been a Met fan for the last however many years. That's right, because he's working for teams in baseball. Right. The man from Milwaukee. For someone else, you're necessarily a fan of that team. Yeah. Right? And so I guess he understands the emotion that Met fans have towards 
Pete Alonso, but until he's here for a little bit, he probably doesn't. I'm going to tell you something right now. He doesn't really feel it. No, I don't feel yet. I'm going to be very, very clear. I know that I'm looking for ways out of my Pete Alonso extension beard, mm. but if we get the shocking news that this man extends, this freaking razor I'm holding in my hand, I'm not waiting. <laughs> like, if you think this is going to be, oh, let's do it next Thursday. No, no. <laughs> I am going to plug this son of a bitch into that outlet right over there, and I don't care if we're talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers or we're talking about Justin Fields, or we're talking about Julius Randle, or we're talking about Blake Sa- I don't care. Obviously, we'd be talking about Pete because they just extended him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm saying, what are you talking about? I'm going to shave the crap out of my face All right. immediately. All right. There is no way. Opening, opening day, if he signs a deal, and we're talking about Pete Alonzo signing the deal, are you going to shave and talk at the same time? Yes. Huh. And not only that, if it happens on the weekend, I think I'm going to come in. And, and do it on air? I will respect who's on the air. I will ask them if I can share the microphone with them, and then I will shave myself on the air. So, <laughs> what a scene. Like hell you are. <laughs> yeah, like no, that's our show no, thing. No, no, you got to do it on our that. show. We need that. Oh, yeah. I, have to, I have to wait? Yeah, no disrespect. You're not going on, you know, Alvin Centron's show to shave your beard. Why no. are we giving Al a mention every single because day? Because I thought of a Met fan. So, <laughs> or my show. Cool. You're not coming on Lugie's show. You're doing this show. I have to wait till this show? Yes. So, you, if he signs Friday at 7.30, I got to wait the whole weekend? You sure do. And it. Monday at 2 p.m., your beard will be shaved. Yeah, that's that's called radio. By the way, we're not asking the right questions. Radio. Evan, when you stormed off like a baby. Actually, on a- probably not till 4 p.m., but whatever. When you stormed <laughs> off like a baby on A-Rod Day mm-hmm. and you left the balloons here, Tiki Barber was the one popping them and cleaning it up. Mm. If you pull out that electric buzzer and shave it, are you going to make Tiki like a barber? <laughs> have to sh- like a barber. Have to sweep up all the hair? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually prepared. This is how well thought out I am. Right here is a bucket that I'm holding. You can see it if you're watching <laughs> is on TV. Is that why that's here? Is that why that's been here? Yeah, it's a bucket here. <laughs> that bucket is so that I could put it under my face right You can probably hear the echo. <laughs> I'm going to put the bucket under my face like this, and I'm going to shave so all the hairs will go in here. Because after the hairs are cut, I'm going to turn it into like a, a beard wig. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I got that all planned out. Yeah, I'm going to have a beard wig. Hannibal Lecter? Like that's chia, disgusting. Like a chia pet, more well, likely. We need to save it for history and for pros, for posterior, for prosperity. Posterity. Pro- prosperity. Yeah. Posterity. We'll get to Julius <laughs> Randall's injury and why you should all be concerned, but we had a nice debate in the last 20 minutes about the stadium series becoming a permanent thing because it was so wildly popular. Why not do it every single year? Mike's in Union, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Fellas, uh, great discussions here. I definitely have to touch on Alonzo since you opened up that topic. But the stadium series, I'm with Marash. Uh, you can't do it every year, okay? It's it's going to be watered down. Mm. And it was very special this year, especially the, the game itself. So, like, not only did they hit on the attendance and the marketing, it was the game itself that created the buzz. So you might not get an actual competitive game uh, every time it might be a blowout. It might be a, you know, a, a weird weather day and it just delays everything. And it just doesn't have the same, the, the same impact. So that's why you can't do it every year, in my opinion. But, um, uh, about Alonzo, listen, man, I, I think you're going to be shaving that beard sooner than you think. Really? I'll give, I'll even tell you a, uh, a, a dollar and a year's I'll, I'm going to go for two seventy five. give the man two seventy five. give the man 300 because he's that kind of met. And, you know, however many years it takes, seven, eight, whatever it takes. Can I ask you a question? Cool. Very important question, Mike. So earlier in the show, we had um, Marty Mushon, who's claiming he has a source that's telling him Blake Snell's going to sign with the Yankees. And then it was later revealed that Mush is close with the Snell family, and that's his sources. And so it's like, oh, well, maybe yeah. he's got something. Mike in Union, New Jersey, do you know something, or are you just projecting as a mm-hmm. Met fan? 
I'm just a good old Mets fan. Damn it, I was hoping you had something. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to be like, and listen, my second cousin, Scott Boris. What can I tell you? And we got drunk the other night, and he was telling me about the offers going back and forth. If it's it's $300 There's no way it's seven years or six or eight years. No, I don't think he's getting that kind of money. And no. I don't think he's getting that kind of money now. So the, the number I put out there, if the Mets and Alonzo were both serious, because you both have to be serious mm-hmm. about getting something done. You know, you do need two to tango, which I agree. Right. I think to get Pete to give up free agency and to have the Mets say, you know what, it's not worth the risk, I think it's more seven years to 25. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number where just over 30. Yeah, just over 30, which is a lot. Right. It's seven years. That, to me, is your meet-in-the-middle contract. Now, a lot can change between now and the offseason because I don't think they're going to extend. As much as I have this razor out, I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. What that number looks like next October or next December or February, whenever he signs, could be very different based on, A, his season, and then also the marketplace. Well, that's the other thing. I was getting, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's a, it, in football, you know where the market is. Right? When you're a, a top-end safety like Xavier McKinney, who's, not, who's a free agent right now, you kind of know what the market is. Mm. And it's X, Y percent, probably 15% over whatever the top safety got a year ago. And baseball traditionally hasn't been that way. But I feel like it's starting to become well, that way. One thing that's changing this is that, in my opinion, and this may sound like I'm trying to spin it, but it's not mm-hmm. true. We haven't had real first baseman to true free agency. Mm-hmm. Hear me out on this. Matt Olson extended early. Paul Goldschmidt extended early. Yep. So the only guy you point to is Freddie Freeman. I never thought the Freddie Freeman free agency was real. Right. Like, it felt as if he's going back to Atlanta, he's going back to Atlanta, he's going back to Atlanta. And then, yeah, the Braves made that crazy decision right. to say, screw it, we're going to go trade for Matt Olson. And then he ends up with the Dodgers. Like, it didn't feel like it was a, hey, entire baseball world, here's Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Who wants to bid on him? It wasn't really free agency. It didn't feel like no, it. So it those three examples that are always used, I think, are very, very unique. I don't think any of them fit the true free agency that Pete Alonso is going to be in. And how many, what was that, two years ago? Two off-seasons ago? Freddie Freeman? Yeah. It was two years ago. Two years ago. So it was right when... It was into the off-season of 22. So it was 21-22 because they just won the World Series. So it was kind of right in that moment when other teams started saying, all right, we're going to spend money too. But... Right? And now it feels like it's just, especially with the Orioles now being bought by a billionaire, it feels like a lot of teams, as opposed to two or three are going to spend money, which means that these big ticket players, there's going to be multiple teams to bid, which but, only drives the price up. But I think the other thing was with Freeman, because I remember saying this on this radio station, on this radio show, a different partner at the time, which was the Yankees have to sign Freddie Freeman. Hmm. And the fight back I would get from Yankee fans wasn't that Freddie Freeman stinks or he's old. The fight back I'd get is, Evan, he's not leaving Atlanta. Yeah. You're wasting your time. That was the assumption everybody had about that free agency. And look, maybe the only place he was ever going to leave Atlanta for was L.A. And what we later found out about Freddie when he cried like a baby was that he didn't want to leave Atlanta. he didn't. didn't. That the Braves basically decided, you know what, we're moving on. Well, didn't he blame it on his agent, too? Yeah. It was something, something got lost in translation or his agent... didn't send back the counter offer. I think that was. I think he got pissed at his agent. And he was yes. pissed. Yes. And so now he's out in the cold because they said, "All right, well then, screw you. You're not going to respond to us. We're going to go get Matt Olson." And then obviously he ended up in L.A., which was not a bad place to be, especially now going forward because the Dodgers are stacked. Yeah. And they have as good a chance of any team in all of baseball to be the 
World Series champion after this season. They're not going to win the World Series, by the way. I'm just saying. They're going to lose in the Divisional Series. Why? That time because Yamamoto? No, it's because that's what they do. Because you don't like Yamamoto? There's nothing to do with Yamamoto. Because I don't Yamamoto's doing backflips? No. Because Yamamoto's throwing paper airplanes? Why do you keep mentioning his name? Because you hate him. He's a I diva. Don't, I don't care about he's him. You know what Evan's going to hate a, more? He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a media whore. Okay. He's an attention grabber. I mean, grabber. you're not wrong about any of that. <laughs> I'm just telling you. What's I, your smart-ass comment? Yamamoto was just on TV, yeah. and Evan just had this sour look on his face. Well, I, just like, said he's yeah. a, I said he's an attention whore. Which, by the way, I called yeah. him before he ever signed with the Dodgers. True. When the Mets were going after him, I said, look, I want the guy. He's a big, giant attention whore. So I'm the same. Well, what's your smartest comment? No, I think you're right. Move on from it quickly. I think you're right. The problem is, is because you're going to have to sit through a Brave Yankee World Series again. Brave (laughs) Yankee World Series. As a Met fan, that should be fun. Mm. I respect your confidence. Like I'm, I'm oh, I'm I'm on board. This Yankee team is full steam ahead. Really, full steam ahead, especially after Blake Snell. Full steam ahead. I haven't made my World Series prediction yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards the Astros getting back there. Nope. I'm leaning towards, I haven't figured out my NL team yet because it's not going to be my team as much as I hope. The Phillies are not going to go on another crazy run. The Braves, I mean, it could be the Braves. I don't think it's going to be the Braves. It's going to be something crazy. I had a big fever dream moment with the Yankees the last two days. Oh, I know what it is. I got it all figured out. And what's that? The Brewers. Mm. Oh, stop. <laughs> the man from Milwaukee. Stop. The fever dream is we finally beat the Astros, and to do it, it's Marcus Stroman throwing seven shutout innings. How about that? Oh. Look at that dream. Let's go to Roy in Staten Island. Hey, Roy. Hey, fellas. Listen, real quick, i got to tell you guys. You guys are way off base here with the stadium series. Why? All right. Listen, hockey is the last sport that hasn't been ruined, okay? We got football, Taylor Swift on the screen every 30 seconds. Soccer, you know, guys getting taken off of a soccer field in a stretcher and a neck brace. Listen, we want to keep hockey small. We want to keep hockey violent. All right, MSG. The first twenty rows of MSG are already ruined. You got corporate uh, bums down there. Not a fan. Okay, listen. Small, violent. If you disagree with me, my name's Roy DeMeo. You can find me at the Gemini Lounge. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> you're the best. I, you know what's funny, Roy? I di- I disagree overall, but I totally respect where you're coming from. He's coming from a I'm a hockey fan. Stop messing with my sport. Uh. I'm a diehard fan. I don't need it every year. Yeah. I'm interested all the time. I want it to be violent. Right. I want there to be real fa- And by violent, he wasn't being like crazy. You know, he's just, it's a violent no, he, sport. He wants to fight. He wants, he wants that. And I understand where he's coming from. I guess I'm looking more big picture. I'm looking more at this would work. I'm arguing more from a business standpoint mm-hmm. than I am from an emotional standpoint. I get it. You want to keep things special. The way I feel about the Subway right. Series. Sean, but the, I also know that it works. Sean, you're the diehard hockey fan here. That's right. Because of the Rangers. Do you not want incremental fans? No, I would love the sport to grow. Do you it's, not it's, want more people to view your sport and respect it? Of course I would. I would love not having to feel shame talking about it on FAN during the winter. Of course I would love <laughs> it to grow. Who shames you? We don't shame well, you. I mean, fat, fat, fat. <laughs> you know, certain comments. We'll get to it at 612. Most shows don't talk hockey. So right. it, it, it's, I know what you're saying. But wouldn't it help if it became more popular by doing more no stadium series type events I'm so not- that the casual fan would buy in? It's the same thing with the, like the World Cup. Like soccer, because U.S. soccer is just, it's not, MLS is not the same as, say, European soccer. It's trying to get there, and it's why you see, like, Messi coming over here and some of these other international stars, and it, and it makes it more, a little bit more compelling. But, like, they, they're, they're, like, clamoring to try to find ways to get the incremental fan. 
it sounds like hockey is just like, yeah, we don't want the incre- in- in- incremental. But game. hockey fans don't want the. We, I think the hockey we, fans like, I'm good. I we, care about it. What we, do we, I care exactly. if anyone it's else like, cares? That doesn't make any sense. No, no I always me, want now girls. me as a as a soccer fan. I want people to appreciate soccer. Like I, I forgot what I was listening to. Who was oh, it was Dana White. Dana White's talking about how soccer players are the least athletic athletes in all major sports. That's insane. And I was just like, dude, do you watch this game? That doesn't make any sense. Have you seen Ronaldo or Messi? They're probably the most athletic. Exactly. You ever see Bartolo Colon pitch? Have you seen (laughs) Erlen Holland, who's like 6'6 and can run like a gazelle? Like, what are you, what's he talking about? So, like, as an appreciator of that sport, which most people don't, I want people to embrace it. It seems like hockey fans don't want like the lay fan to embrace their sport. And I don't get that. No, here's the problem. The hockey fan thinks the sport is bigger than it is, and therefore they're already frustrated enough that it doesn't get enough attention, and that's where they get angry about it. Hmm. Let's go to Andy in New Haven. What's up, Andy? What's up, gentlemen? What's so up, I just want to offer a little bit more context on this uh, ongoing story with Blake Snell, Momentum, and the New York Yankees. So, all Actually, right. just about 24 hours ago, I was listening to the Evan and Dean program uh, on WFN 660 yes. on my AM dial, and yes. I was kind of having visions of Blake Snell coming to the Yankees. I think it was a topic at the time. And I, I tweeted something to the effect of, I'm hearing that there's uh, you know momentum between Blake Snell and the Yankees on a five-year contract with the following stipulations and i listed three things that listen i made it up out of my head but it's three things that <laughs> i think would be i think would be reasonable kind of guidelines to a contract which was an opt-out after year three uh some incentives upon opting in and uh something else that i really can't even remember but uh what happened was one of my buddies on on x uh who has kind of some niche clout in this arena if you will yeah retweeted it and started to run with it and he has kind of been you know, in a weird convoluted way tied to a couple of Yankees acquisitions over the past year or so. Mm-hmm. So people seem to believe that he has a bit of credibility. Wait, right? so you and made really up you this. made up the Blake Snell thing just out of your own head, you know, listening to us you envisioned it. And now yep. that's where this whole thing has come from? Absolutely. So <laughs> I mean obviously the Blake Snell uh, you know, rumors have been going on for the entire offseason. Right, but right, right, right. there was they were at a bit of a lull until yesterday and, when I said this. Andy, Let's does your, to you guys. Andy, does your Twitter account have a blue check mark? Tiki, I had thirty followers on X when I tweeted that. Get out of here. That's amazing. Now I've got seventy five. Now I've got about seventy five. <laughs> so, I love it. I listen, love it. <laughs> my my profile photo on there is Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern show. Anybody who even took five seconds to examine the credibility of that report would have been sorely, sorely, oh, that's you amazing. know, wow. and this is fascinating. I, I got to say, the fact that we got, you know, the guys from John Boy, the guys from Barstool, mm. Andy Martino, Brian Hoke, so I'll go on record within four hours. And then not to mention Brendan Cuddy asking Hal Steinbrenner about it today in the press availability. <laughs> so you're claiming, you're claiming this now, Andy, huh? I'm absolutely claiming it. I'm claiming sole responsibility. I believe, my, my... I believe, Andy, that you did that, and I believe that it got a lot of traction. So I'm with you on that. Right. But someone earlier called in and said this Marty Musha Barstool knows the Snell family. Yes. And has indications 
that Snell wants to be here, and that's they're working not, out no, minor no, details. Now, that's unconfirmed. Like, we have no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> of course we have if no we, idea. If we had Marty back, we could ask him, hey, do you, do you know the Snell family? Well, we can't do that because that's revealing his sources. Of course. Yeah, we can't but, do that. We can reveal his sources because a caller yes, told us If we had known that beforehand, right. we could have asked him, and, and, and I would have interpreted his answer. Oh, I got you. He would have non-answered, but I would have interpreted his answer. Yeah, good so at doing that. to our last caller and to Marty Mush and to some guy named Dean who also tweeted this out there. <laughs> Andy. I, and Andy who just called in. I am going to stand by what I like to call logic. I'm a logic guy. And I will admit the rare times I have a source, because I don't have a lot of sources. I don't pretend to. Very rarely will I have that, like the day Max Scherzer had a hamstring injury, and somehow I knew that before anyone else. So I don't, I'm not a big source guy. I'm going to tell you, hey, this is an educated guess. I'm using logic. Mm -hmm. I am using logic, ladies and gentlemen. I'm using educated logic. And you can quote me on this. There's no chance in hell that Hal Steinbrenner is going to write a check for 110% in tax, the value of what he has to pay Blake Snell this year. So I stand by my sources. My sources is my left brain cell that tells me not happening, no way, he won't be a Yankee. If he is, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I ain't going to be an idiot. Now, does signing Blake Snell impact your Yankee dream of facing the Braves in the World Series? No, it just means that we'll win in five instead of seven. Okay. I'm just making sure. Nope. <laughs> We'll come back with more of your calls at 877-337-6666. And you want to interpret something. Julius Randle talking about his injury made me think he's done for the season. We'll hear what Tiki has to say about it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Real quick before we get to Randall, and of course more of your calls, I have to give everybody a homework assignment, or at least anyone who wants to accept it, because I tried to do some research during the break, and this is preemptive. Preemptive research in case the Yankees sign Blake Snell. If the Yankees sign Blake Snell, the Yankees on the same roster would have the reigning and defending Cy Young Award winner from each league. They'd have Blake Snell as the guy who won the NL Cy Young and Garrett Cole who won the AL Cy Young. 
Now, plenty of teams have had guys who've won Cy Youngs before on their team. In fact, the Mets recently had it with Verlander and Scherzer, Scherzer and DeGrom, Pedro and Johan, Pedro and Glavin. Like, that's a common thing. Who cares? But the reigning and defending Hmm. Cy Young Award winner. From both. From both leagues. So the only way that could work is if after winning a Cy Young, a team went to a different team, which is... It's happened. Right. I don't know how common it is. I mean, the Mets traded R.A. Dickey after he won the Cy Young. He went to Toronto. Verlander signed with the Mets after winning the Cy Young. So it happens, but it ain't that often. So Morass brought this up. I give him credit. But the research, can someone figure that out? Has that ever happened? Or would the New York Yankees hmm. be the first team in the history of baseball to have the two reigning and defending Cy Young Award winners on the same team? Yeah. And then you're throwing Judge with the MVP two years ago. That's Crazy. A, that's a lot of... A, uh, awarded talent. That's a lot of a talent. Right. So, I don't know. If someone wants to find out that right. answer, let us know. Yeah. You just hope he pitches like a Cy Young. Well, that's probably not going <laughs> to happen in Snell's case, but he comes here. And, and I've been consistent about that. That's not anti-Yankees. I've been saying that all mm-hmm. offseason. I wouldn't want Blake Snell for that concern. Anyhow, let's get to Randall. Knicks come back tonight. They're in Philly against the 76ers. And since Julius went down, it's been mysterious. We have brought this up on the show a lot, that it's weird, it's odd how things have transpired. There's no timetable. There was no specificity about it. We all made our predictions about Julius and when he's going to come back and if he's going to come back. Julius Randle met the media yesterday and was asked specific questions. I want you to listen carefully because Julius doesn't talk clearly into the microphone for some reason. Yeah. Does that bother you? Yeah, a little bit. Because I, I because we listened to this today? or Today. Yeah, we listened to it today. He could be such a like a star. I, mean, I know he is on the court, but I mean, just his presence. Like he's big. You ever, have you ever seen him in person? Yeah, big guy. Big. He's put together. Yeah. Like he's lean. Like he looks. He looks the part, but he doesn't talk it. It's like but he's dour all the time. He has no interest in talking. Right. To me. He doesn't like to talk to people. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. So here he is, and the question is about, hey, Julius, is it still possible you may have surgery this year? Here's the question. Here's his answer. Was there consideration to having surgery to shut it down for the season? I mean, we'll see. You know, there's still, like, necessary steps, and, you know, it's a process uh, to everything. And, um, you know, I have to weigh out everything, ultimately, and and decide, you know, from there. But uh, right now I'm just focused on you know, trying to avoid that, obviously, and um, get back on the court as soon as I can. How do you take that? That doesn't sound optimistic. That doesn't sound like he's, yeah, I'm going to be fine. This is going to get better. This sounds like it's more likely than not he's going to have surgery. It sounds like he's doing everything he can not to have surgery. Yes. As opposed to, I don't really need it. I'll be be fine in a couple of weeks. I'll get strong, get back out there, and then we're going to go trying to win a championship. That, that's not, it doesn't sound like he's saying that. No, not at all. And maybe that explains why he's sounds like he does. Yeah, and I, I respect his honesty. He doesn't have to say anything. No. I mean, Julius Randle could lie through his teeth for all he – I mean, yeah. he could. It's up to him. You don't have to be honest. But that honest answer sounded like a guy that's telling you the reality that I don't think anyone wants to admit because it sucks. Even as a Nick hater, that sucks. I want, I want Julius healthy. I want him to yeah. play. I want them to lose. I don't want them to lose because of injuries. And that sounds like a guy that's basically telling you, yeah, this is an uphill battle. That's how I took that answer. Right. So I went back to our predictions on his return dates. Lugie said March 16th against the Kings. You should just concede that's dead, right? I will not concede anything to mm-hmm. you. Uh, uh, come on. I mean, no. you got to concede that. No, I don't that's have to do anything. Three weeks. So? You think he's going to be back in three weeks? No. 
I don't have to concede a damn thing. When the date passes, then I lose. I'm not conceding to you. Do you think right now he'll be back on my I am 16? not answering that question. I gave you a prediction, <laughs> and I am standing oh. by that prediction. All right, Tiki. Very presidential of Lugie. Very. Doesn't want to <laughs> We're doing very well in Long Island. They can't catch me. <laughs> so Tiki's prediction was a week later. He said March 23rd against the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Would you like to concede? Yeah, I'm conceding. You see how easy that is? Right. He he's just, not coming back in a month. He's not coming back. He in just a doesn't month. want to deal with your BS right no, now. I don't mind that. I just, I honestly, listening to that conversation or that response, he's not. He's not even optimistic. He didn't sound optimistic. <laughs> he's coming back anytime soon. Me and Sean are still alive. Now, Sean's prediction was he's not coming back. Sean was mm. the one guy who came you, out. You might be right. <laughs> and said he's not coming back. Said opening day next year. You yeah. did say that. Now, my prediction, I'm not conceding either because I stand by it, which was, and I think this is a testament to the toughness of Julius Randle. Let's not get this twisted. That answer in honesty is also showing you that this guy, say what you want about him. I've said a lot about him. He is going to leave it out there to come back. Yeah. He is going to fight tooth and nail. To play for this team. Yeah. So my prediction was the second to last regular season game, April 12th. Because that's when he's going to say, all right, balls to the wall, folks. Right. Get me out on the court. Let's see what I got. And then what you got may not be much. Yeah. Well, and he may play injured. He may have a setback. It may end horribly. But I think he will try to come back. And that's why I put down April 12th as the second to last regular season game. And those comments only emboldened me yeah, more. Well, I think that's what I, he's going to do. I think you might end up being right because if he gets surgery, let's say in two weeks, three weeks, what's the difference of him waiting another month? Yeah, I don't think it makes a significant difference right. in, in terms, terms of next year. Of recovery. You're yeah, right. he's it's, out for the year, by the way, if he has surgery. Just keep that in mind. Right, no no, no doubt about it. Yeah. But if if he can try to play, and even if he's not fully healthy, he's, I don't know, 70%, just comes back and he plays, he's banged up, and it just doesn't work, and he has to get surgery, it, who cares? Right. But at least you're not conceding that you're not playing already. Right. You know what I mean? Or, or playing for the rest of this season. So I think you're going to be right, but ultimately it's going to be Sean because he's going to come back and try to play and not be he's, – he's just not going to be well, able to okay, do it. Okay, but here is going to be – and this is fascinating, and there's no right answer to this. And as an athlete, I don't know how you would even feel about it. Mm-hmm. He does do everything to come back. Because one thing about him is I respect how tough he is. He wants right. to play. And he is not the same guy. How and who makes the decision to pull the plug on that? Yeah. Because he's going to want to play, even if it's 15 minutes it's, a night. And, right. oh, by the way, it's no easy answer that Tom Thibodeau would even do that. It yeah. may just be like, I'm going to play him 30 nights even if he's a mess. That's what a lot of Nick fans thought affected him last year. Right. One of the excuses for him last year was, well, he was hurt. So how do you kind of end it if yeah. it's not working? Well, the question was going to be, how affected is he going to be with his left shoulder which is his like body shoulder banging in the guy's shoulder. How much of his, is his shot going to be affected? Like, is he going to be tepid? Is he going to be just floating around the perimeter? Is he going to be aggressive? And if he's if he's if he's not aggressive, then I think he's detrimental, right? Because he's not going to be a spot up shooter. Well, if he's not bully balling it, right. then you lose not, a lot of Julius. Yeah, he's his not, toughness. He's yeah. not spreading the defense because he's hanging around the perimeter, knocking down three pointers. Not saying that he can't do that, but. If there's not the threat of him being also a bully baller, then his effectiveness goes down. No doubt. So, do you even play him? I mean, so I mean, I, so I remember in 2000 when I broke my arm. I literally had a broken arm, shattered mm. forearm. It was cracked in half. They had to set it and put it back in place. And it, Dr. Warren was like, "Oh, we got to do surgery. Your season's over." I was like, "That's not an option." 
and I just played with it. But I was severely con- – I couldn't carry the ball in my left hand. Right. I could barely take hits. Going to the ground, it was hard because it was like I don't want to land on this arm because I know it's going to hurt. But something happens like when you get in in action, like the adrenaline kicks up, and before you know it, you don't you're not even thinking about it. So if he can get to the point where he's not thinking about it, he knows he's going through pain. He knows he's going to experience. He knows that after the game, it's going to suck. If he can get to that mental state, which is a heightened state, football players have to do it all the time. Basketball players aren't used to doing it. But if he can do it, then he can play through the injury. Is it Should Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau let him? I would say yes. Because what's the downside of him of him getting hurt again or being ineffective. You just shut him down. Right. It's so it's not like you're not risking anything by letting him try. So I think that's when I listen to him just now, that's what it sounds like. Like he really wants to try. Yeah, no, I got that. He just doesn't know if he's going to be successful. Yes. That's where I think we're at right now. The other thing was when he first went down, the date I always used was March 15th. Get him mm-hmm. back by March 15th. And the reason I said that was A, getting him into NBA playoff shape. I don't think that's going to happen. And B, you're battling for a seat. Mm -hmm. And the schedule will stiffen up once you get to the middle of March. Those things are looking more and more difficult, especially because OG Ananobi gave his injury update, and he said, I'm hopeful to play in the regular season again. (laughs) Not, I'm going to be back in the regular season. I'm hopeful. So they are getting good news tonight because Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, is back. Mm -hmm. That's a big help. Yeah, Isaiah Hartenstein is back. That's a big help. Mitchell Robinson is on his way back. That's a big help. Bogdanovich is on his way. So the Knicks are getting healthier, and that's great. And tonight in Philly, I think, considering the injuries they're facing and the injuries the Knicks are facing, I think the Knicks are a better team. So it's not like this is a death sentence, but two of their key players are not walking through that door Anytime soon. No. That's the reality we're learning about Julius Randle and OG Ananobi. Right. Good thing is you have Jalen Brunson, mostly healthy. I yes, you do. Probably fully healthy. I think he's fully healthy right. at this point. And Big Ragu even said he needed the all-star break, yeah. got a few extra days, well, and the, get ready to well, go. Well, the good thing about DiVincenzo is that he kind of clarified what went on with his hamstring. It wasn't a pull. It wasn't like he felt something, you know, grab. It just got tight. Yeah. And so... He it was precaution. So here's he, the question: he, he knew he had a break coming, so it was precautionary. So here's the real question: Tonight, he's not Tom playing Thibodeau minutes. has his drug Dante Divincenzo on the court. He's not playing, 40 and he's minutes. smoking it. Is he going to play him forty two minutes? Nope. You think so? Nope. Thirty four. You going thirty four? Thirty four. I'm going the over on that. Really? Yeah, he's going to play thirty seven minutes. Okay. I don't think he'll get to forty. I'll give you that. I think I think Thibs will like pull him mm. back a little bit. Plus, I think the Knicks are just going to beat the crap out of the Sixers tonight. I've got a few reasons for it. I'll address later. I think they're going to win this game by forty again. So I think they'll, it'll be easy for Tibbs to like. All mm. right, we're up by thirty seven. Six minutes to go. Maybe <laughs> I should take my guys out. That's my prediction. And there's something going on in the arena tonight that leads me to that prediction. Ooh, really? Yeah. What? There's something happening in the arena tonight in Philadelphia. What? That leads to that prediction. Care to spill the tea? Here's what I'll say. It's a WrestleMania thing? It has nothing to do with wrestling. Here's what I'll say, because I'm not at liberty to say much else. (laughs) Choose your words wisely. No, you know what? F it. I don't care. I think that they have a tradition in Philadelphia where they have some kind of tradition that starts their games. Okay. And what's happening with that tradition Uh, tonight uh, is uh, why... uh, I think oh. the Knicks will win by 35. I'll leave it at that. Okay. okay. I'll leave it at that. Let, now I know. Let's go to Chris in East Windsor. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. Evan, Kiki, yep. Sean, Tommy, good to talk to you guys. Likewise. What's up? 
I got I got to I got to go to Sean first because I, Sean and I are big Ranger fans. So I got to just throw some math at Sean, and I know it, it might be like whatever because I teach third grade, <laughs> so I teach fractions. And this is what I'm throwing at you, Sean. How many football games are there in one regular season? Seventeen. If you multiply that number over the number of times that the Jets and the Giants meet, what is that total number? Well, well what do you mean? Every year? No, they games? don't meet every year, Sean. They meet once every four years. Right. So that would be 68, 68 correct? Oh, yes, okay, yes. Okay, how many times would the Rangers play one outdoor game every season? One. One over eighty-two, right? Yes. yes. I love this. So, so, I'm so gonna I'm gonna I gotta do the third grade math. You know, I teach my third graders the bigger the the number, the smaller the piece with the fractions. So, if you play four games over sixty-eight seasons, or four games over or sixty-eight games over four years, that's fourteen percent. Okay. If you do one game over. 82 in one year, it's 12%. Okay, you go. I don't care about the amount of games. I care about the amount of years. That's the more important number. That I understand, but still, it's rare per year. And I think as human beings, we don't look every four years unless we're electing a president. Mm. It's a good point. Chris, I appreciate you bringing the third grade math to Sean. He is still deeply, deeply confused about it. Mm. I just know but, that I'm screwed doing my kids' homework right. when they finally get <laughs> the, lar- oh. the larger denominator means it's a smaller fraction. Tiki, I say this with all due respect. <laughs> at this age, at 36, I have forgotten what the word denominator means. It's the, bo- <laughs> it's the bottom number in gotcha. a fraction. What I love the top is one that, is the numerator. I don't if know. you need to find the common, just multiply the bottom denominators together. He still doesn't know. If I don't know if you picked up on this, Tiki, as soon as Chris started saying, I knew where he was going. I did I. He was going to the place of, it's actually going to be even more unique right. once a year right. than once every four years based on the amount of games that are played. I still, it's years. That's all I care about. Uh, I love that math. Don't make me do math. Uh, he did. Let's go to Michael in Plainview. Michael, what's going on on this fine afternoon? Hey, thank you for taking my call. I know it's late in the no afternoon. No problem. Okay, as far as the Knicks are concerned, uh, I think the more important person coming back from uh, injury is Martinstein. He got kicked in the leg. He stayed out a couple of days, but he really is, is the piece that we need to uh, clear the boards, have a presence in the middle, and block the shots. And Bogdanovich coming back, which is not quite the same as Randall. What Randall's got to do with Willis Reed, they've got to give him the ball, He's got to play animal ball, let him go in. He's got to establish himself right away, just like you guys were saying. But, yeah. but wait, keep this that, in, but Michael, keep this in mind. There's a couple of things I, I will slightly disagree with. When Willis Reed had his dramatic moment, mm-hmm. he came out for a few minutes, inspired the crowd, and Walt Clyde Frazier did the rest. And it was also at the end of the journey. You know? Yeah. The Knicks are about to embark, once they enter the postseason, in a very long, arduous journey. A journey that includes a best-of-seven series in the first round of the playoffs. And if you're lucky to get past that, not lucky, but you get past that, now you're in the second round of the playoffs. That's a best-of-seven series. Yeah. And if you get past that, you're in another round in a best-of-seven series. And if somehow you get through that, spoiler alert, you won't, you're in the NBA Finals. So asking Julius to come back as if he can be some kind of inspirational leader it's just not realistic. It's no. not the same. And I don't I don't think he 
I don't think he can play that way, like the physical fight through the pain and bang around. Bogdanovich is a big is a big deal, right? His him being healthy is is huge because he's a big who can stretch. But I think the other one who he didn't mention is Mitchell Robinson. No, I, you know what? I got one above everybody else. If we're doing a power ranking, if we are doing a... Of the injured guys coming back? Of the most important player who's injured. To me, there's only a debate between two guys. And that's not to minimize mm-hmm. iHeart. It's not to minimize Bogdanovich. I'm not minimizing these guys. Every guy that comes back makes the Knicks better. I don't think there's any doubt. But I go back between two guys. Obviously, you got Julius, you know, that Mm -hmm. second guy, that second score, playing the way he's played as an all-star over the last couple of years and actually doing that in the postseason, game-changer come playoff time. If Julius is regular season Julius in the playoffs, the Knicks are a much different threat. But then I think about OG Ananobi. Mm -hmm. Because if you are in a best-of-seven series with the Boston Celtics and you have to slow down Jason Tatum OG Ananobi is the one guy on the floor capable of doing it. He is a lockdown right. defender. And when you're in the postseason against elite-level teams and elite-level players, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, whether it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, whether it's Jason Tatum, whether it's Tyrese Halliburton, whether it's a healthy Joel Embiid, OG can defend one through five. And there's no one else on this team that can do it. So... It's tough between the two of them and Julius and OG Ananobi, but the value of Ananobi yeah. is immense. And you saw it in the brief time he was out there. Yeah, there's also the offensive side of this. Right? Sure. So most people just want to think of offense. They just want to think scoring. But you're right. You know, defending, especially against teams like Boston, are going to be paramount. Yeah, think about it. You, when you're in the playoffs, you're not playing the Brooklyn Nets. No. You're not playing the Chicago Bulls. You're not playing the Charlotte Hornets. You're playing the big boys and the big stars. So... The OG news is big, too. Like, the significance of OG Ananobi is monstrous, and that's why when he says, I'm hopeful to come back at the end of the regular season, it's like, hopeful? End of regular season? Because <laughs> I know he looked really good while he was here. He still has to learn his teammates. Like, there is still chemistry to be said. I remember dealing, dealing with this with the Nets. Like, hey, could you just show up in the playoffs and have everything work? And those were with superstar players. Ultimately, they never got the opportunity to do it because of injuries and everything that went into it. But it's not as easy as, oh, I've got all these great pieces. It will work. That's why I've always said March 15th is important. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like their two most important injured players are coming back prior to March 15th. No. It looks like it's going to be later than that. Yeah, Julius has said it, and OG basically... I don't know. It's it, that injury is interesting because we don't know. Like you don't hear about it very often, <clears throat> like bone spurs in your elbow and what that what damage was done by the bone spur and what effect is it going to have on his his shooting? Probably not defensively. It's not going to be that big of an issue. But you just you just worry because you don't know. And and so the Knicks are in an interesting spot coming back tonight and starting again because the optimism is still there, but. Let's not forget they lost four games in a row going into the All Star break. Right, and it, I look, I, I, I'm going to trust that what you're saying is right about Philly. But what happens if they lose? What if they look bad and oh. not right? What if they Dante, lose? They drop to the five seed. Exactly. You know, you know right, and keep losing. I'm just saying, it's thing things like this tend to spiral. Oh, what are you? Are you afraid they're going to spiral out of control? They're three not, up on not, the play-in not, tournament. Not Do you think spir- they're going to fall not, into the play-in not tournament? Spiral out of control. I mean, they could. But the last way. thing you want. Is to is to have to face one get into the tournament, but also the playing tournament, but face Boston 
if you do get through it. Oh, no. I, well, I, besides that, I, I, when you kept saying Boston, I was thinking about this game's important because they got Boston on Saturday. No, I'm not like, talking I'm thinking, about that. I'm no, talking no. Boston. <laughs> no, no, and I get that. I'm thinking one day at a time in terms of, okay, because right now the Knicks are 33-22. and 22. Right now they're the four seed. They're mm-hmm. not even that far away from the three seed or the two seed. Yes. But they have lost four in a row. They play Philadelphia tonight. They are essentially tied with the 76ers, and every game's important with them because of tie breaks. Yes. You lose to them, you drop to five. Now you're only a little bit ahead of Indiana, Miami, Orlando. Right. You could conceivably drop into the play-in tournament, and your next game is Saturday night at the Garden against the Boston Celtics, yes. who are fresh off beating my team by 175 <laughs> and getting a head coach fired. Yes. So I understand the dangers of, hey, the standings still matter to Right, it does. You don't want to end up in that 7-8 matchup. Doesn't mean you're going to lose. Doesn't mean you're going to fall down and have to play Boston. Doesn't mean you're going to fall out of the playing tournament. But because look, Miami proved you can get through it. But that's a dangerous road. But it to sounds go like down. they're getting healthier. I mean, they're getting Ragu back. They're getting iHeart back. They're getting Bogey back tonight. Mitch is going to come back early March. Yeah, but, but Randall's not. OG but, is not. Well, we don't know about Ananobi. I think I took the hopeful thing a little differently. He's hopeful. He's ho- hopefully he's coming back. But I took not, that. But, mo- but, but he's not playing in the short term. Not in the short term. I agree with that. But right, in a is month, he, two more weeks now. He's supposed 30? to get evaluated, I think, in like another week or so. I mean, so, he, had, he had surgery, so it's not... You're not like, seen him for a well, while. Well, procedure. I think they used the word. Not, yeah, it was a procedure. It's probably orthoscopic. You're so not, not seen him big. for a while. That's the overall point. But they got reinforcements back. They're not where they were to go into the All-Star break when Orlando yeah, but, smacked them around. But That's all what, we're, what we're saying is they lost four going into the All-Star break. If they lose tonight, which I don't think they will, but let's say they do, then they have Boston... Yeah. And so now, now it's six. Now they do have a long homestand. They got Boston, Detroit, New Orleans, and Golden State, right. and then they got a road game, and then five more home games. They got a lot of home games. This is why this part of the schedule mm-hmm. was the part where they could fatten up. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, Philadelphia tonight, Boston on Saturday, and I do want to make a very important announcement. Goodbye, SNY. You don't care about this announcement. Don't worry. <laughs> but for the Knicks fans that are out there, I'm going back to Madison Square Garden next week. What? I have decided my respite from the garden in my Chase Bridge seats. It's been long enough. I am returning to the world's most famous arena. To see whom? On Tuesday night to see the New York Knicks take on your New Orleans Pelicans. Nice. I'm in the building. I can't wait for us to go. You're not coming. Excuse me? (laughs) You are not coming. Coming. What do you mean? I'm not. I haven't gotten to a game with you all year. I understand. There is a priority in order. I have a dear friend of mine. His wow. name is Nicholas. Nicholas is a great human being. I've known him for a very long time. I worked at Sirius with him. He still works at Sirius. Nicholas was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh. He taught me that when he says "Go Saints" and "Go Pelicans," they spell it G E U X. Yep. True story. What? And so, as a diehard Pelican fan, I told Nicholas. You know what we should do together? Uh-huh. We should walk into Madison Square Garden supporting our favorite team. Oh, you told me. So on started. Tuesday night, Gux Pelicans. I'm it's, excited. It still said spelled it still said go. It still yeah. says go, but it's spelled Gux. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like a New Orleans native now. Yeah. Gux Pelicans. Very excited for the night. I'll be eating uh, those great paninis on the Chase Bridge. And uh, come say hello. I'd love to uh, say hello to all the Nick fans out there. Love being in your building. Love hanging out. I look forward to it. It's going to be a great night. Very excited. That's fun. By the way, as a Nick yeah. season ticket holder, how relieved are you that the Ramble News comes after you've sold most of your tickets? <laughs> <laughs> See, that was really disrespectful. Very disrespectful. I'm looking out for you as a profiter. No, it's not about me. It's about Nick fans. Do you think Nick fans are going to Madison Square Garden to see Julius Randle? The Knicks fans are going to Madison Square Garden because they got a basketball team. Because they have a team that's filled with, dare I say, dogs. Say it. They have a team that's filled with, dare I say, 
Uh, what else do you say? Dudes. <laughs> Dudes. They go to Madison Square Garden because they know deep down that this basketball team will do damage. Damage. That's right. So my Nick tickets, they're valuable either way. Because they're dogs and they're dudes and they're going to do damage. They're just not going to do damage on Tuesday night when Gook's Pelicans comes to Madison <laughs> they're gonna Square They're going to smoke the Pellies. Enjoy your sandwich. I can't wait. Very, very excited. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.